Alright, race fans, welcome to the Caution Flag Contemplations Podcast with Casper the host. This is your home for all the racing news and nonsense you actually need. Whether you're here for some dirty talk or the juicy details of my asphalt affair, just remember this show is by fan for the fans. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, race fans. Uh, March Madness is upon us, and that means we are at the Atlanta Motor Speedway doing a little bit of March Madness, a little mad racing down there at that mad new speedway they built down there in Hampton, Georgia. Um, it's going to be a great time. We're going to talk about everything that happened. We're going to talk about old uh, Josh Williams giving NASCAR the big FU at start-finish line. We're going to talk about a little bit of March Madness basketball. Don't tell anybody because it's a racing podcast. Uh, we've got some messages from some of my buddies. I'm going to let you guys know what I think the keys to saving Atlanta is. I'm telling you not to panic yet. Just give it a little time. I think the tracks, I think the track could still work out. Uh, I do have a couple comments about that crazy, crazy slow pit road. That pit road's a joke. But anyways, we're going to talk about it. Y'all be sure to tune in, listen to this deal, give us a share, give us a follow, hang in there, sit back, relax, let's do this thing. All right, race fans, welcome to the Asphalt Affairs. This is the section of the Caution Flag Contemplations podcast where we're going to talk about all things NASCAR. No dirt, except for Bristol. This is going to be the asphalt racing. This is for those of you that don't care nothing about real racing over on the dirt track. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Alright, so as we get started here with the old uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway weekend for the NASCAR Trucks, Xfinity, Cup Series, um, we had all three series there again this weekend. That's the way to go. Uh, nothing like getting all three series in on the same weekend. Uh, if you ask me, that's the way to do it, NASCAR, okay? Um, obviously, I'm going to break down the cup race first. We're going to go over the stats. We're going to talk about some opinions mixed in there. At the end of it, we're going to go over a little little more opinions about Atlanta and this reconfigured. And I'm, I'm going to tell you all to slam the brakes on the judgment, okay? Uh, slam the brakes on the judgment. Hang in here with me on the show today. We're going to go over the stats um, provided by Jayski. Okay, I always go and get my results from Jayski. We're going to go over that, uh, go over the results, go over the notes, and... Um, We'll do the cup race, we'll do the Xfinity race, uh, we'll do the cup race, the truck race, and then the Xfinity race, because that's the order I decided. Uh, if you guys feel like I need to change that order, I guess just let me know. Uh, that's how I've been doing it, because I feel like you guys are mostly come for the cup race. But listen, that's what I'm going to ask you. Stick around. Hold off. Let me give my case for the uh, new Atlanta Motor Speedway, my proposals to NASCAR and to the Atlanta Motor Speedway, Okay. Um, let's not judge this thing yet. Um, let's just not do that. So, but we're going to go through the race notes here and, uh, we'll go from there. So, I uh, just want to start off by reminding you all that, uh, for the weekend, I picked, um, let's see, cup race, I picked Brad Keselowski. Truck race, I picked Stuart Friesen. Um, Xfinity race, I picked Sam Mayer. Um, you know, so I just want to let you guys know that that is what I did. Um, and you know, I'll stick by that. 
it is what it is. Um, didn't work out. I was over three again, typical. But uh, that's who I picked. Um, I also, you know, was living on depression after I didn't get to go to any dirt race this weekend with uh, Smoky Mountain Speedway getting rained out and uh, Boyd's getting rained out and cold it out or whatever. It broke my heart, but um, it is what it is. Um, watching basketball. Hope you guys watch basketball. Since I wasn't at a racetrack on Friday, I thought I was uh able to uh watch some good stuff there. I don't I don't know if you guys watched old uh, that num was that that sixteen seed. I just gotta say it. I'm sorry. I know this is a basketball show, but uh, the old uh Farley Dickinson or however you say it, the FDU uh stun the Purdue Boilermakers. I know Ryan Newman was probably pretty upset about that, um, being that uh, he is a Boilermaker. So I'm sure he was pretty upset about that, but um did me a lot of good to watch um, a sporting event that was literally just heart and hustle. I, that was a heart and hustle win. That's how I felt about it. And um, I think that Purdue is clearly more talented um, and um, should have won the game, honestly. They just, on paper, should have won the game, but... Uh, FDU gave it the heart, the heart and hustle for the win. I like to see that, you know. And uh, sometimes we see that on the racetrack as well. Um, and you know, these uh, super speedway tracks do allow for that from time to time. So um, I was glad to see that there. So, anyways, all right, we're gonna get into who uh, racing now because that's what you guys came on the show for. <laughs> all right, so Atlanta um, Friday start of the weekend, rain out uh, Xfinity. And truck qualifying and practice or whatever they're going to do. And, um, you know, ah, it sucks is what it is. They they reset their lineups by points. Cup didn't. Um, Cup did their qualifying Saturday morning. Uh, let's see. Top eight was Fords. Uh, Joey Logano, Austin Sendrick, Ryan Blaney. Top three. Penske cars. Top three. Okay, um, I guess it's not a surprise. We thought the Fords were going to be faster at Daytona than they were. Surprise, they didn't light the world on fire. They're they're supposed to be better on these tracks, uh, given their new front ends and all that stuff. So, um, you know, that is what it is. And wasn't surprised to see them up there. Uh, you know, obviously I'm a Chevy guy. It's a little bit heartbreaking to uh, see that the first Chevy was Kyle Larson in ninth. But hey, that is it is what it is. Well, uh, Chevy's going to win the rest of the tracks that aren't speedways, so we can give them something somewhere, right, boys? But, um, so Logano on the pole. I told you guys uh, on the pre-race show on Friday that Logano was going to be tough. Um, obviously, I knew that was going to be a thing because he's Joey and he's a daggum good speedway racer. Uh, Penske usually runs a pretty tight program on the speedways, uh, dating back to when Brad Keselowski drove there. Um, you know, they're tough. They're tough to beat on a on a speedway, and um, got good spotters, got good teamwork, have a good plan going into the race. So, um, no surprise to see all them guys up there. One thing I did want to notice, um, there is a fourth Penske car. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a fourth Penske car that is run under Wood Brothers Racing. That's supposed to be same car. Um, that's Harrison Burton, and he qualified 33rd, a second off the pace, dang near. And, um... I uh I hate that for Harrison, you know. I uh he's had a rough go this year and feel bad about that. I like Harrison, okay. He's had a really rough go of it. 
you know, had trouble getting finishes, had trouble getting starts uh, that are, you know, good starting spots. Like I said, he started in 33rd. I don't think he wrecked in practice or qualifying or anything. But, like I said, didn't see it, so I don't know. But um, <clears throat> looks like not. Looks like he was just slow. And, you know, I, I have some questions about that whole thing because it seems like he's down on performance from the rest of Penske cars. And I would be very much curious to see him get in a Penske car and see what he does in comparison um, to the Wood Brothers car, even though they're all supposed to be prepped out of the same shop and all that. I think it's I think it's kind of interesting. I don't think Harrison's that bad of a driver. Maybe he is. I don't, I don't know. But I don't think he's that bad of a driver. But he's kind of one of those guys that's put himself in a situation where he's, like, not in, like, good equipment, but it's the Wood Brothers. So everybody, like, kind of acts like it's good equipment, even though it's not. And, um... You know his his career is is waning. I got nothing personal. I like the guy, but he's one of those that if he doesn't watch out, he's going to get demoted. So interesting to see him not up there with the rest of the uh, the Penske boys in qualifying. Um, not a whole lot to note there. It was uh, Penske. Then you had the SHR slash RFK boys, followed by the. Um, the Toyota and Chevy crew, just kind of everybody else. So, um, <clears throat> you know, that's, uh, I guess maybe Hendrick didn't have their, their noses cheated up this weekend <clears throat> after their, you know, famous penalty from last week. But so anyway, so we get in the race, All right, Joey starts on the pole, goes and does his thing, leads a shit ton of laps, you know, it is what it is. So, we run the entire first stage uh, there, and uh, we had one caution for the uh, 23 car of um, Bubba Wallace, who uh, I, I just calls it like I see it, Bubba. Um, it looks like you just lost, you ran out of talent there on the back stretch. Slid it down, nosed it in the wall. I'm sure he had a terrible day after that. Did end up scrounging up a 27th play finish, which I guess is good, but... Um, you know, it looked like he just ran out of talent back there and lost it. I'm sure I probably would have lost it, too, because I sit on the couch. So, it's nothing personal I say that. That's just, it, that looks like what happened. And, um, you know, that was tough. Um, and uh, after that, we had a restart there. That was on lap, like, 10. Uh, we restarted on lap about 15, 16, something like that. And um, then uh, continued on and, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, pretty much the most boring race I've ever seen in Atlanta. Actually, that's a lot because I've seen a more boring race than this in Atlanta. Actually, well, we're going to have this debate about Atlanta at the end, but uh, it was single file for the remainder of Stage 1. Um, your Stage 1 top 10 was Joey Logano, Austin Cendrick, Brad Keselowski, Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch, Chris Busher, Daniel Suarez, and Mark Trex Jr., um, those are the guys that earn points. Again, we see bad Brad Keselowski up there earning points. Guys, he's been near the front of the field all year. Um, I'm impressed with Brad. I think, uh, I think there's more there there than people are necessarily giving him credit for at this point. But, um, you know, I, uh, I, I picked him to win. He looked like he had a chance. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But, um, you know, definitely good run for them. Oh, so we go into stage two. It's a 100-lap stage. It's like from lap 60 to lap, you know, 
160. No cautions. Um, you know, that's uh, <clears throat> what happens, I guess. Um, they did a green flag uh, in stage two. There's a couple interesting things I'll say. So in, during the stage break from stage one to stage two, you had Kyle Busch did this weird thing where he decided not to take gas to get track position, but then they had to pit early, and I don't... It was it was just kind of a strange thing. It ended up working out okay-ish, I guess, but it, he didn't get stage points. It was just weird. So it's like... I, they had this weird thing on the broadcast there where, like, you know, they end up, like, interviewing Andy Petrie while he's sitting on the pit box, and he's like, yeah, Kyle left. We told him not to, but he's an idiot, so he left anyways because he's Kyle Busch, and yada, yada. I mean, basically, that's what it sounded to me like, and that's obviously an oversimplified deal, but, you know, that's kind of what it sounded to me like, and, um, you know, but basically it said he was going to be about... Uh, like I think they called it five gallons short or six gallons short on gas, and they were saying you know, or two two gallons, and they were saying six laps a gallon. So he's like twelve laps short on fuel compared to everybody else, and in the league gonna have to come pit. But you know that was just kind of gonna be the uh, the deal there. Um, on that long pit road, having to take extra time, you know, you're already going two laps down, yada 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 yada, and um. You know, I just thought it was weird how they interviewed Andy Petrie. He's not the crew chief for one. For two, like, uh, I just, <sighs> they're trying to copy F1 a little bit, which, because they talked to, you know, Gunther Steiner or um, Alex Horner or whoever, you know, um, they want to on the pit wall on the F1 broadcast. And that's cool. And um, I think that, you know, they're trying to take some of that. And it, it's cool to get some different team management positions but like i just i just want to watch the race i think it goes to show how boring the race is when we have to interview andy petrie under green flag uh, on top of kyle bush's pit box as a competition director or whatever for rcr i don't know his job title. i think it's competition director but i'm not sure but it just you know it just it doesn't impress me really and um so that was kind of weird and they did that um I, I just thought it was pretty bad um a little bit after that, while we're riding around single file, Clint's like, yeah, he's just putting his drink straw back in his bottle, back in his mouth. <laughs> oh, God, we've stooped to the point of talking about Powerade bottles. Oh, this is not good. And we're running single file, 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 and then, you know, they just, uh, uh, it's whatever. So they do the green flag pit stops with this pit road problem, which I I haven't. I'm kind of avoiding the pit road topic because I want to talk about Atlanta overall, kind of end this episode and maybe some suggestions for the track. But for those of you who didn't catch it, there was a pit road. They added pit road entry on the back stretch for the commitment line, basically going into turn three. Essentially, they added 2,300 feet of um, pit road speed zone to the track and they added in a turn which you know like i said we're going to get into all that but so basically if you pit under green here you're going two laps down just stupid uh, we don't do that anywhere else i mean i said so here's the thing I, I realized i was thinking that at one point during my uh my watching of the race and taking notes and all that you do go two laps down i guess like bristol martinsville um short tracks like that if you pit under green i suppose you do 
So maybe that was a bit extreme of me to say, you know, it's the only track that happens at. That does happen at some other short tracks. But it's not traditional for this kind of racing, right? And I'm not a big fan of it. NASCAR got lucky. Nothing happened in the middle of a green flag pit cycle where people got pinned multiple laps down. When you're one lap down, the wave round pretty well takes care of all the bull bullshit, right? Like the wave round, if you're one lap down, pretty well takes care of it. And, um, when you're two laps down, it does not though. And I think, um, they got to do something about that. Like, I don't like going two laps down. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. So don't, don't look at me like I do, but the answer is something else. So you either have to make that lap shorter or you have to let them race around the banking, but we're going to get to that at the end of this deal after I talk about all the races. So, um, basically they do this green flag cycle. I'm watching the race at this point. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, please just make it through. Cause this, if they don't, I'm looking at all the names that's two laps down and about to get screwed. I'm looking at Noah Gregson who nobody in the broadcast talked about staying out late, but he ran it pretty long. And I was like, Oh my God, they're going to try to get this thing and just absolutely screw everybody. And they're going to put the whole field a lap down. I mean, that's it. In that situation, it's, it's wonky and like, it's really wonky, but, he could literally have put the entire field one two laps down, and then if a caution would have come out, he would have you know gave him one lap back, and he would still be the leader with the rest of the field a lap down. And at that point, the race is pretty well his caution and all. Uh, you might with that one or two off lead lap, you would just never pit um, under caution and give a wave round. Basically, is what you would have to essentially do. Um, you know. But it, it's just, it, it it's very weird, and they didn't get into the situation that I had dreamed up in my head of what could happen, but it was scary for me to watch that 20 laps of run through that green flag cycle. I was like, this is, we don't want the whole field two laps down. This is ignorant. So we got to figure something out about that. But um, it was scary for me to watch because I knew how screwball it could be and what kind of nonsense I could be having to talk about on here. And thankfully I'm not. So uh, we finished up stage two there. No cautions. Uh, green flag racing. Pretty much single file. A little bit of moving and shaking, but mostly single file. Um, top 10 was Austin Sendrick, Joey Logano, uh, the 48 of Alex Bowman, 45 Tyler Reddick, 24 William Byron, Chris Buescher, Martin Trex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, and Corey LaJoy. Now, at the end of that stage, it was weird because Joey was in the lead, but he caught the back of that pack and was like, basically trying not to pass the back of this other pack that had like Austin Dillon at the back of it, and um, it was kind of weird, and I was I was a little surprised to see Cendric push it as hard as he, he did there kind of around Logano, but um, at the end of the stage, but he went for it, and um, you know, it, with the slower cars in front of him, I was afraid it was going to be a mess because they were slower. But then they were also kind of using them as like a slingshot engaged type moment. And um, so it was, just, it was kind of a strange thing, but it ended up working out okay. Cindric got around Lagano on the last lap there. Um, so, stage three. We go into uh, that. And uh, Kevin Harvick is like in the lead. Gets in the lead there and after pits and all this and driving up there and He's just out there running around, kind of doing the thing, bottom top, bottom top, bottom top, and then uh, Mr. Ross Crashdane has to get his ass out here and do his damn thing, and 
you know, it's, you know, it's pretty shitty because Ross knew what he did in the moment because he said, I didn't touch him, I didn't touch him, I didn't touch him before he even got out of the turn. It's not about touching him. It's just like, what What are you doing? You, you clearly are sucking up on his bumper in the middle of the corner. Like, just let lift. It's like, lift, drag your brake, get out of something. Like, this is, this super speedway racing, it's tight like this at Atlanta. Is There's a lot of give and take involved. And Ross just decided he wasn't going to do it. And he sucked up on the back of him because he, was, he wasn't thinking very much. He was just going as hard as he could go. And Kevin got turned around. And, um, you know, Kevin was a lot nicer about it after the race than I thought, but I think that I know Kevin Harvick better than that, and I think that Ross has it coming. I think Kevin's just, you know, especially given this nonsense with Denny, which we can talk about that more later if y'all want to, but I think given that, um, you know, Kevin didn't want to go down that road, and he's saying he's going to do anything. He's, no, it's just racing. And uh, But NASCAR, that's what you get. There was an opportunity for us to all get a soundbite out of Kevin Harvick right there for the next month. But because we penalized Denny Hamlin, you know, three weeks after the race is over, uh, Kevin just said, no, nope, no, nope, we're good. And uh, Kevin will run over Ross probably at some point in time. And, and he deserves it, so it'll be fine. Um, but so that was kind of a shame. Tore up a lot of cars there because of the front of the field. Um, kind of sucked. But it is what it is, so we move on. Um, kind of just go back to racing there, and I guess the ten car stayed out on tires or just went fuel only, and somehow the ten car ends up in the lead. Um, I guess it was after Harvick's caution, he just went fuel only or stayed out, and he ends up up there in the lead, and like I didn't really know it, and the TV didn't really know it, Tom, but he's on seventy three lap old tires, and one of them blows out, you know, right in front of the whole field, and ends up wrecking Larson and a bunch more cars, and you're just like, dude, like what? Guys, you know these tires can't go that long. Like, what are we, what are we, I mean, I know they probably don't have that much fall off per se, but like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? We know these tires can't go as long as you need to go for this run, so why are we trying it? Kind of is how I felt about it. It's, it's somewhat irresponsible. Uh, I hope that's policed in the garage. I don't really expect NASCAR to come out and say, well, you can't run it more than X amount of laps on a set of tires, but guys, we got to think a little bit. Like 73 laps on a set of tires. If that's correct, that's what I said on the broadcast. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's two two fuel runs on four. Um, I know it's repaved, but those tires are taking a lot. There's a lot of uh, force on those tires at that track now with the banking and all that. It doesn't surprise me. And um, again, we're going to talk about the track some more, but I got a couple other things that I noticed during the broadcast, and I was curious to see if anybody else saw it as well. But, you know, so we did the whole, um, you know, single file, single file, yada, yada, yada. And then, then we had this tire blowout, and then it was what it was. And that was, uh, you know, like lap 209. Got about 50 laps to go. I think they restarted with like 46 to go. And these guys are out here racing. They're riding a little bit, but racing a little bit. Brad Kozlowski gets the lead after the restart in stage three here, and he was he was looking pretty good. TJ Majors was in uh, typical TJ form, spotting at a plate track, you know, telling him where to go, telling him where to block, doing everything he was supposed to do. Brad was doing everything he was supposed to do on the track. Um, we get down to the, there was one point there where Joey pulled up next to him. Joey got a run off the bumper of the twenty, and got next to Brad and. You know, he just never got him cleared, and Brad ended up getting back around him. 
and clearing him. And Joey kind of dropped back to like fourth or fifth. And I, you know, some of the people I see on the internet said that was like on purpose. I really don't think it was. Uh, especially after going back and watching it again, like at the end of that race there. So we come to white flag and it's a little, it's a little hectic up there. Obviously Brad's throwing blocks. Joey's getting a run and basically Joey gets this run coming, you know, down the front stretch under the white flag, gets this run off the nose of the seven car and he pulls out ups outside of Brad. Brad kind of goes up there and blocks him. And it looks like he's got it shut off, but then, like, so Brad goes back to the bottom to block, I guess, the seven or whoever. I think it was a seven down there. And um, he goes back to the bottom. And, you know, usually you expect to see Joey's run just kind of fade, but, like, the 20 kind of came up behind Joey. And Joey's run just never, never died there. I don't know if he somehow, like, sucked down on Brad's, like, right rear to get a little, little something there. But, and he just, Kind of pulled up next to him, then going in turn three, Christopher Bell absolutely just ran into the back of Joey. I mean, it was probably I, I I really would have liked to see an onboard camera from that one because it felt like a large hit to me. Um, every time I watched it, it looked like a big hit, and uh, he just shoved Joey through there, and you know, unfortunately, what happens? What happened there? Brad got passed. I felt bad. I thought Brad was finally going to get it done. I picked Brad, so obviously I was hoping he was going to get it done. Um, but Joey, Christopher, and Corey were all up there. Um, Joey got the win. Brad came home in second. Christopher Bell third. Corey LaJoy fourth, and Tyler Reddick fifth. Um, so it, I, you know, I felt like coming that last lap, I really thought Brad had the thing locked up, and. You know, if there would have been a caution and, you know, taking the white, he might have would have had it. And, you know, even uh, all the ways down the backstretch, it really wasn't until turn three when there was that massive shot from, you know, Bell to Logano that Logano really pulled out there and was gone. And, um, you know, it is what it is. Hate it for Brad. They've been running really good. Um, so. I kind of hate to see, I, well, let me just tell you this. I hate to see Joey Logano win a race. Him and Denny Hamlin, I hate to see him win a race. But uh, I told you that both of them will be up there because they're both pretty good on these plate deals. And, you know, it is what it is. So uh, congratulations to Joey on the win. Hate to see it, but congratulations to him because uh, I'm a man. I'm not, not a woman. And, um, you know, I hope he doesn't ever win again. But um, it is what it is. So. Um, just kind of going through the, the rundown here, obviously, uh, Joey with the, the dub, that's the first Ford win. Actually, that's the first, first non Chevrolet win of the year. So that's a pretty big deal. Um, you know, it's out of plate track. So we'll see what happens next week at the road courses. The Fords and Toyotas better hope they're quick on road course. Cause you know, uh, intermediate type ovals, Chevys have whooped up on them pretty good. So I'm curious to see uh, what happens at Coda next week, and um, we'll go from there. But uh, they need to be good on road courses. If they're good on road courses, I think that'll say more about short tracks. And honestly, I think that'll say more about short tracks than Phoenix did. So uh, I don't really consider Phoenix a short track in my mind. So, um, uh, oh, excuse me. So. I think that uh, Code will say more about what the Ford and Toyota packages do for that. But 
Um, so good run for Joey. Uh, good run for Brad. Really want to get done, like I said. Corey LaJoy in fourth. A lot of people said he'd be up there. Honestly, last week I was telling everybody overrated, not going to be up there. Don't pick him. Tyler Reddick, another top five. He's finally getting his deal turned around after some rough start for the year. Ty Gibbs finished in ninth. I believe that is his career best finish. So congratulations to Ty. Uh, you guys give him another, I'm going to say another 10 weeks, and he'll be up there competing for wins probably week in, week out. Um, as long as the cars are, you know, capable. Uh, Noah Gregson finished 12th. I believe that is his best finish. I'm not, I don't really know. It seems like that's his best finish this year to me uh, in the 42 car. So congratulations to him on that. Uh, other than that, Harrison Burton started 33rd, finished 34th. Uh, and the rest of Penske cars did pretty decent. So, um, you know, uh, the rest of Penske cars was uh, Brad, and I'm sorry, Joey in the lead. Uh, Cindric in 11th, and Ryan Blaney in 7th after a insane speeding penalty. So um, that kind of wraps up the cup race there. Um, statistically, just to, to put a button on a couple things here because we're going to need to compare them back to the X-Fans truck races. Uh, the race was 2 hours, 53 minutes, uh, 5 cautions for 34 laps, 20 lead changes among 13 drivers. So those of you that say you like the Super Speedway Atlanta, remember that 20 lead changes among 13 drivers. That's not that good. It's it's just not um, for Super Speedway, in my opinion. So, um, All right, moving on to the truck race. Uh, I picked Stuart Friesen to win. Uh, after the qualifying was rained out, Zane Smith, Tom Jeske on the front row, Stuart Friesen started 14th. Uh, truck race. We're going to do this pretty quick because nobody really cares. Uh, Christian Eckes wins stage one. Um, and Matt Crafton wins stage two. Uh, truck race was uh, basically a caution fest. Um, they had 11 cautions for 58 laps. As I said, the cup race was... Hold on, let me pull this up for y'all here because this is important. The cup race had five cautions for 34 laps, while the truck race had 11 cautions for 58 laps. The truck race was 137 laps long, and they had 58 caution laps. So that's uh, uh, over a third of the race was caution. It's a joke. Complete joke. So, um, yeah. I don't know if it's the track. I don't know if it's the package. I don't know if it's the drivers. I really think it's the drivers. You know, you see these truck guys, and you see these Xfinity guys out here on this track, and they just can't handle it, man. It is what it is. Uh, that race was two hours and 17 minutes. It was a hundred and uh, it was 130 laps shorter than the, than the cup race, but it was only uh, like 30 minutes shorter. That's a joke. It's a joke, man. It's a complete joke. Like they tear, they they just wreck. And there's all these cautions. It's not it's not really worth watching. You know, like. If you were there, I'm sure it was a good time. On TV, you've been like, oh, my God, can we just race, you know? So uh, that's pretty much all I got on the truck race. Congratulations. Christian Eckes gets the dub. Um, comments about Christian Eckes and getting the dub there. It makes uh, my other driver from the truck series there, uh, Mr. Um, Derek Krause, look like an idiot because he couldn't win the 19 truck for, um, you know, what, like three years? And uh, took Christian Eckes exactly, you know, uh, <clears throat> a week. So, um, I mean, a little more than a week. But you know what I'm saying. So, not too good look for him. But 
It is what it is. Other notables, Timmy Hill in the uh, team he runs with his brother finished there in eighth. Good job, Timmy. Stewie, my boy, ended up finishing in 22nd. Dang shame. It is what it is. All right. Moving on. Like I said, we're going to be short on trucks next Xfinity day because it, it was just a joke. All right. Um, Xfinity race. Got rained out there. Uh, Austin Hill started in third. You knew he's going to be tough. He's won a lot of races. He's been at the front of every race this year. I picked Sam Mayer. He started in 10th. Uh, we do this thing. It's 250-mile Raptor King of Tough 250 at Atlanta for the Xfinity Series. Um, Xfinity Series. Let's go over some more stats here. Uh, cautions. 12 for 68 laps and 163-lap race. That's 68 laps of cautions. So just, they had 97 laps of green flag out of 160. <sighs> Man, it's, uh, we're getting closer to half there, guys. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, the... Xfinity race was two hours and 44 minutes. It was exactly nine minutes shorter than the cup race. And it was 251 miles versus 400 miles. So, um, that's a problem. It, it, it's a problem. I, I, it's not good. There's a lot of cautions. Um, there is one that we're going to mention and, it, it's not even really a caution. It was actually just the caution being expend, extended. But uh, in the middle of the Xfinity race there, Josh Williams basically got in a wreck, and they went down pit road and tried to patch the front of the car up, yada, 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 put some bare bond on it, some tape on the right front, and it fell off on the track, which extended the caution. They had to wave off restart or whatever, the shoes, and they were already fed up because it had been nothing but a caution fest. And I guess they decided to make a... a, a uh, example out of josh williams and um told him how you put it in the trailer it is in the rule book they can do that if you know dvp clock and all that that's part of the dvp clock rules but you know it felt a little bit un uncalled for to me you know like it's just like what i mean we're already having a caution race like what is one more gonna do you know what i'm saying like what what is one more really gonna do and um Anyway, so Josh got pissed that they told him to park it, and uh, he did what one should never do, and he decided that he was going to be a smart-ass to NASCAR. And he parked his car on the start-finish line, climbs out, walks away, which was complete badassery of a moment. Uh, he's not going to enjoy it on Tuesday or Wednesday whenever the penalties come down. He's not going to enjoy it when he's watching the race next week at Coda, and he is not in the car because he will not be in the car at Coda. I... Uh, if he's in the car at Coda, NASCAR is, um, well, they're not using their brain. Because if, if this becomes a thing, I know how these drivers are. And you guys that watch racing know how these drivers are. You let them do something like this once and get away with it, and they're all going to do it. They'll all do it. Every time they get mad about something, they'll do it. You watch local dirt tracks, this happens. You let somebody get away with some nonsense on a restart, and it happens every single, every single restart with everybody. So... Unfortunately for Josh, it's funny. You got your shot in. I heard that you, uh, I could tell in your interview after you came out of the trailer there on the little tape after you waited in the trailer for two and a half hours that, you know, they had spoke some sense into you. However, you were not going to enjoy it when you're sitting at the house next week. If NASCAR does not have him sitting at the house next week, or at least he doesn't have to be at the house, just it can't be in the car. In fact, I think it'd be more painful to take him to code to make him watch somebody else drive his car. I actually think that'd be the most painful thing for him, but um, it's not good, man. It's not good, 
And I uh, hate that you did that because they are going to come down on you. It's going to be expensive. I'm glad Denny's going to pay your fine or whatever. But it's going to be expensive. You deserve it. Just can't do it, man. It makes us look like a bunch of clowns on national TV. So uh, we can't do that every week. Once it's fine, but you are going to have to unfortunately pay the price for your actions. So that's coming for you. All right. Other than that, Austin Hill wins the Xfinity race over Daniel Hemrick, Ryan Truex, Parker Kligerman, and Riley Herbst. Um, you know, it it was a crash fest. Uh, like I said, 12 cautions for 68 laps, 13 lead changes among eight drivers. It wasn't an exciting race, okay? I, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. It's... Atlanta was not the best form of racing, okay? Um, congratulations on Austin Hill on the win. Uh, my pick, Sam Mayer, finished at night, so I lost again. Just to let you guys know. Other notables there before I move on to my Atlanta spiel. Ryan Truex, again, looking pretty good. If Ryan Truex doesn't watch out, Martin Truex is going to step out of the 19, and Ryan Truex is going to climb right back in it if he doesn't watch out. If he, if he doesn't, I mean, y'all better, like, I don't really think anybody has that fingered, but um, if Ryan can step in with, with that Bass Pro Shop relationship, I do not be surprised. Also, don't be surprised if Noah Gregson's in that car. In my, I, I know he has a deal with Chevy and all this stuff, but uh, I think Bass Pro Shop probably misses Noah a little bit right now, and um, you know I, that would be an upgraded ride for him from where he's at. So. But, you know, Ryan Truex has been running good, and that, you know, top three. That's that's pretty solid. So, uh, other than that, Parker Kligerman, again, top five guys. Parker Kligerman might be, you know, trying to get something done here. I believe he's running for the points, which is awesome. He got him a playoff point there um, by getting a stage win. Um, so, I hope that works out for him. Other than that, Sam Mayer, like I said, ninth, my pick, Josh Williams. After his nonsense, finishing 32nd. Hope it felt good. Hope you enjoyed that 32nd because you're not even starting next week. But, all right, so Atlanta. Let's talk about Atlanta Motor Speedway. All right. I, uh, there's a lot of people that talk about, oh, Atlanta was so great, right? And there's this, there's people, and I, you know, in some ways I wish I had them on here. I have, uh, you know, my buddy's dad's he he's a uh, old school NASCAR fan and he he liked the old Atlanta he did not like the reconfiguration to the D oval tri oval whatever you want to call it and um you know he wasn't a fan of all that and um it is what it is I'm sure he doesn't like the reconfiguration of this either here's what I'm gonna say about Atlanta I went to Atlanta I'm trying to think of the year guys I'm I'm kind of scrambling trying to think of the year. I guess it was 2014-2015. It was probably 2015, actually. It was. It would have been 2000 and... No, it was 2016 because the year I graduated college. So it was 2016. And um, I went to Atlanta. Um, Last-minute, spur-of-the-moment trip with my dad and my brother. I was living um, in Cookville, Tennessee at the time. And, um, you know... I had to go to work for a meeting on a Sunday morning. The race is in Atlanta, I don't know, 2 or 3 o'clock, whatever. And um, I talked to my dad the night before, and I was like, man, I kind of want to go to the race. The weather's going to be nice. It's always kind of how I felt about the Atlanta spring race. The race if the weather's nice, I'd like to go. That's uh, I'm not, I don't usually buy tickets for this race ahead of time, but like, 
And me and a buddy said, hey, the weather looks good. We just go, right? Well, so um, my brother was a lot younger at the time. And uh, he'd never been to a NASCAR race at the time. And I was like, I mean, I talked to my dad. I was like, why don't we just go? I looked up some tickets. They had some tickets for like 30 or 40 bucks. Atlanta's always got a good deal on tickets. For those of you that don't know, it's pretty easy in, pretty easy out. Parking's free. It's a great track to visit if, you, if you're a first-timer or a new fan. It really is. Like, it's it's a very nice facility. I hadn't been a few years. hadn't been since the reconfiguration. I would like to go with reconfiguration. But um, we went... And we watched the, it was a 500-mile race, uh, Folds of Honor 500, and um, that thing went green. It went 200, and I could Google it and get you guys the actual statistical answer, but I'm going to say, like, it went 260-something laps green flag. And, I mean, uh, we we had some cheaper tickets. They were around turn four-ish, and... um. Like, it was loud. It was so loud. Like, it, it was... It's weird because you wouldn't think that it would be loud at Atlanta. Like, for those of you who have been to racetracks. But for whatever reason, where we were sitting at, I don't know if it was the metal bleachers around or whatever. Or because we were sitting over there coming out of turn and getting back in the throttle. This is also back in the day when these cars had horsepower. <clears throat> which they don't now. Um, and, uh, you know, it... It was a, it was a good time, man. That, I think it went two hundred and fifty or two hundred sixty laps. Green flag. It was miserable. Uh, Chase Elliott fan. That was back when Chase was driving the twenty four. Like it was it was awful, and uh, I hated every minute of it. Kind of when we were there, it was rough. It was quick. It's kind of the start of stage racing, right? But I just wanted to remind everybody that there was some races at Atlanta. The drivers always liked it, and like honestly, it was better to watch on TV than in person, kind of. But um, there was some races that were boring. Right, like it, it was um, more of a driver versus the track kind of thing. Um, but you have to be able to appreciate that as a race fan, and, and I did appreciate it. But you know, when you're there, I understand like it's a little hard to sell some tickets for. Like I remember we got home from that race, and it was 200 something laps green flag. You really have no idea what's going on because it's so loud you can't even hear the radio. This is back before I was, you know had scanners and all this stuff now i can go and i can listen to the radio and all that and i know what's going on it's it's a great time but like before all that and so that was the old configuration of atlanta like it, there at the end it had its moments of being great you know slipping sliding and all that uh me and my buddy we went a few years later maybe two or three years later basically the first time they were supposed to repave it and um when they end up canceling the repave, we went for the trucks and Xfinity race because we got tickets uh, off a Twitter contest from John Hunter Nemechek out of all the people on earth. Me and him went down there for the Saturday doubleheader. We sat uh, in two different spots. I think it was general admission tickets, so we sat in two different spots, if I remember right. But for the truck race, I think we kind of sat up in the front stretch. And I think for the Xfinity race, we sat like row like two or three. And I remember just absolutely getting hit in the head with rocks down there. Like, track was coming apart. And uh, when that was all going on, the, the racing was good there. It was slick and s people sliding around and all that. And, you know, I enjoyed it. But, um, you know, there was some snooze fest races there, too, because we went to the cup race the next day. And I don't really remember that cup race being that good. I just don't. I, I don't remember much about it. I'm sure, like, probably Jimmy Johnson or Joey Logano won because I went with my boy and... 
you know, that's who wins when I go with him. So maybe Brad Keselowski, but I really think it was actually Jimmy Johnson. We could go back and look that up, but I think it was Jimmy Johnson won that race. And, um, you know, it was, it just, it is what it is. But so he redid this racetrack, right? So here's the thing. It's not good guys. It's not good. It's, it, it, the, the current state is not good. Now, Here's what I want to say. A couple things. First of all, it was like 35 degrees. Okay, so these cars are going to have a lot more grip at 35 degrees than they're going to have at 80 or whatever. Which, when we go back, hopefully it's going to be 80, 90, hot, sunny. Like that's what we're hoping for, right? Um, so I want to keep that out there. The, the track had a lot of grip, and there's not a lot of handling issues. The track is very, 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 very narrow. I think that's what the problem was for trucks in Xfinity. I think the track is so narrow, it doesn't give you much room to slip and slide. I think the reason the cup cars are better is, one, the drivers are obviously a little bit more experienced. Two, they know that they can't push those cars past the limits and bring them back, so they just don't anymore. Um, but here's the positives about this track that I wanted to, wanted to say. It looked to me, I know it's only been like a year, but the the concrete is losing color pretty quickly. I saw it looked a lot more gray, a lot less black, and I saw a little bit of shine coming out of it, and I think that track is probably wearing faster than where you knew it was going to, and I think, I, I'm not going to say next year, I'm going to say next year's second race. I think next year's second race, uh, the track's going to be worn out, and it's going to be a little bit harder to handle on. We'll see. I could be wrong, but I, that's my prediction is next year's second race, especially if it's hot out. If it's not hot, it's not going to matter, but if it's hot for that second race next year, it's going to be a lot better, but there's that. I mean, but my thing about this is, so we take these cars out here with 500 horsepower running around in a pack. Like, I... I'm not a super speedway racing type guy. I don't... I Like, I like... Daytona and Talladega, but I only like it because it's Daytona and Talladega. I don't want that at Atlanta myself. I think the track's too narrow for pack type racing there. Um, so, couple suggestions: big motor, small blade. I know we're not going to make the motors bigger. I understand that's not even on NASCAR's bucket list of things to do. I, you know, I, I, I guess. You know, I, I see where we're going with that, which we can talk about that or we can talk about another day. But um, we're going down a road where we're not going to add more power um, naturally. So we might go for some green power. We might go for, you know, some hybrid or, you know, whatever. But we're not going to add power in a way that we want to add power. We're not going to go back to, you know, giant motors and just dump as much fuel down these things as you can. Like, we're not doing that. That's not on the plan. Uh, the OEMs don't spend the money on the engines. Teams don't want to spend the money on the engines. Whatever. It is what it is. We're moving on. They want something that's more comparable to the street cars on the road. I get it. It's fine. So, I can sit here and I can complain about it. Or I can say, okay, we're moving on from that. But, here's what I'll say. Let's get rid of the downforce at this track. Be like, no, we can't do that. Get rid of the seven-inch spoiler. Give a two-inch spoiler. Do it. it and here's and y'all be complaining. It's an aero-dependent track. If you do, that. I'd, I'd listen. I miss watching guys that can't keep these cars straight. That's what I like to watch. I don't. I don't like pack racing. I would rather watch strung out 
guys trying to absolutely wheel these things up off the corners because they have no spoil. Just take the spoiler off, for all I care. I'd rather watch them try to wheel it up off the corner and almost spin out than anything. Um, but we got to do something to get out of the pack racing. Atlanta doesn't need to be pack racing. I know they banked it like it's going to be pack racing, but dude, take some of this downforce off these cars and, um, you know, take that big wing off of them. They'll start lifting going into these turns. They, they will. And if you wreck, it'll be big. It'll be big. But it, it'll also be one of those places because of the banking, I think you might have somebody that can absolutely make some time around the outside. And I think it would let the drivers do their thing. So that's my suggestion. Less downforce. Let's try to depack this thing. I don't like pack racing. You guys can like it. I, I pack racing is good at Daytona and Talladega, but Daytona is almost too narrow. Like if you watch Daytona on TV, you don't realize that it's narrow. And it doesn't look narrow compared to Atlanta, but it does compare to Talladega. I've been to both. Okay? I've been there and I've stood there and I've looked. I've gone, damn. Talladega is wide. It is wide. You can run four wide in the corner at Talladega and get away with it. You can run three wide in the corner of Daytona and get away with it. You can't, I, I don't, I don't know that you could consistently run three wide at Atlanta and get away with it. You might could run it for a lap or a corner, but in a, much more than that, it just, it's not going to work out. It's just, there's not enough room. Somebody will get loose. Somebody will push up. And there's just, there's just not enough room for it. So I, uh, I'd like to try to depack this race and leave it as is with the banking and go from there. Okay. I'd like to do that. Second of all, we got to do something about the pit road. So, my opinion, just don't time pit road till they get to pit road. Put the commitment line down there. Say, okay, if you want to pit, you got to be down here. Put the commitment line down there. Do that, okay? And then just let them go and do it. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Just have the another line that starts the, the pit road speed. Why does the commit line have to start the speed? Okay, I have a problem with the speed thing because the way we measure speed is ignorant. I, I understand why we do it, how we do it, but like we're not measuring GPS speed or anything. We're, we're it's a time over distance measurement, right? Well, problem is you put that pit road down there that's three lanes wide in the middle of a turn, and inside is faster than the outside, but the cars going the same speed. So in a straight line, the way we measure speed is fine, but just it, it doesn't work. On these turns, we've had problems at Bristol. We've had problems at Martinsville from time to time with guys that don't pit in the turn. A lot of guys, a lot of people don't understand that people pit in the turn at Martinsville because they know that they could have wrapped the inside and gone faster. But if they pit there, they can, you know, wrap it, speed, slow down, stop, speed at back out. Like, like these guys know how to work these lines. Okay, just quit it and just. Tell them, hey, you got you can come around this corner as fast as you want, but when you come over here, you got to be pit road speed. And you know, if they if they go back up on the track after they hit the commitment cone, it's a you know three lap penalty. That's fine. I don't care. But we can't. That forty five coming around the corner is so slow. For one, it looks dumb. Two, it looks dangerous. What if the field wrecks and somebody comes down and hits somebody doing forty five, and the field's doing one hundred and eighty? Did y'all think about that one? Because I don't think you did. Because it, it looked a little sketchy to me. Um, multiple times. I was like, this is dangerous. Uh, and that's a big speed difference. We're talking about 140 miles an hour speed difference. That's a lot. And um, 
So I really think that they moved that pit line trying to be safe, and I don't think that it was just fully thought through well. So let's do something different. If you don't want to, you know, do the – if you don't want to do what I'm saying and just let them race back around on the apron, you know, the other option that I, I've come up with is you can move pit road and you can make it a shorter path, something similar to like Phoenix, and figure out a good distance that shortens the lap. And um, some guys won't like it. Some guys say it's stupid. But I don't like the idea of going two laps down at a mile and a half uh, to, for a green flag pit stop. It's just it's ignorant. It's ignorant to run 45 when there's guys, you know, 100 feet away from you doing 180. So we got to do something better about the pit road situation. Got to fix that. It looks scary. It looks dumb. It looks slow. It's not exciting. So. I'd like to see something different happen with the pit road. I'm fine with letting them race around the apron and then start the speeding zone. I, I'm okay with that. I think that's fine. Or if you want to, even if you want to have two speed zones, I don't know how the crews and the teams would feel about it, but can we have two speed zones? Can we say you can do 100, 90, something like that around the corner down here, and then you got to slow down to 45 or 55, whatever it is? Like, can we do something a little different? Because it just it looks dumb. Like, if I was a race fan, that was my first race, and that was my first green flag pit stop I've ever watched, I would have been so under-impressed. And I'll tell you guys right now that if you've never been to a race and watched a green flag pit stop happen at a place like Charlotte or Atlanta where you get a good view because you're sitting dead in front of it, and you watch these guys that are cooking. I mean, I remember the first time I saw a green flag pit stop at Charlotte, and you got these guys cooking it down the front stretch, doing dang near you know, 200 or over 200 going into turn one. And then they come around the next lap and they come off turn four and they're, you know, they're running 170 or 80 or whatever. And they got to lock her down to 55 to get on pit road. And they go into the pits and they jack the car up and they change four tires and the car's back down off pit road before you even know what happened. And I remember how impressed I was by that. This rolling these cars around the track, looking like toy cars, you know, that my kid plays with. Is it's stupid. Do something better than that. Please, Jesus, do something better than that. It's awful. It's awful. Okay? Gotta do something different with Pit Road. I saw some people saying, you know, do a green flag entrance, a yellow flag entrance. You can't enter out of off out of speed out of their their deal up there. I right, so I you know, I see that, but anyways, that's my takes on Atlanta. I have a couple more news topics we're gonna cover. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back and hit those. Thank you all for listening. Stay right there. We're going to throw it out to uh, one of our beloved sponsors. Thank you. When you're doing your eye racing, have you ever looked at your car and thought, God, this looks like crap. I have just the solution for you. Rocky Top Race Wraps, home of the best wraps for all of iRacing. If you want to go fast, you better look fast. Listen, the wraps from Rocky Top Race Wraps add at least 15 horsepower. Probably going to take off a half second every lap. I mean, give the man a call. My boy JP, he will take care of you. Like I said, Rocky Top Race Wraps. Look them up on the internet. Thanks. Alright guys, welcome back. Uh, just going to go over a few uh, quick brief topics i'll try not to be too long uh we're still talking about the asphalt guys just a couple news things first of all 
as I pointed out there, Josh Williams. Um, I expect to see a big penalty for him on Tuesday. Following the Atlanta stunt there, I he should be suspended for a race, probably fifty thousand dollar fine. It's uh, it's like uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like when uh, your dad tells you to do something, and then you say, well, "What for?" And then he's like, "Cause I said so," and he gives you that you know that uh, impression that you know like it. This is not the time to push it. And then you push it anyways, and you get your butt beat. Like it's it's pretty much, I uh, yeah he you know you got to learn. Unfortunately, he's gonna have to take it the hard way. If he's not suspended, you will see drivers do this for the rest of the year. I just want to get that out there, make sure that I am on the record saying if you do not suspend Josh Williams this week, this will be an issue going forward. So, um, other than that, uh, Ross Crashstein, what are we gonna do about Ross Crashstein? What are we going to do about this this nonsense? Um, he's still running over people. <sighs> I uh, It was an intentional wreck, so I can't make a comparison to Denny from last week or whatever, but, you know, it. I, I'm, we're going to Coda. He's going to wreck somebody. So, y'all be watching. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't love it. His driving style at this point, I feel like he did Harvick pretty dirty there. He oh, didn't do anything wrong. I didn't touch him. Well, you didn't touch him, but you, you need to drag the brake or something. Because you knew what running up on him like that was going to do. You know. You know, Ross. You know. All right. Other than that, we're going to get in this Denny Hamlin thing briefly, and then we're going to talk about the Hendrick thing because I have some comments about the Hendrick penalty that I know you guys are all waiting around for. <sighs> I took it pretty easy on it the other week, so we'll have to get back to that. But, all right, so Denny Hamlin is going to appeal his penalty, as he should. I'm glad for that. I have not listened to his episode on why. I plan to do that uh, tomorrow morning, but um, I'd imagine he's doing it because he realized it's overreached by NASCAR, and it, it gets into the point where, like, this is actually worth fighting for. Um, and we're, they're setting a tone, and the tone needs to be pushed back and set the other way. So... Uh, I hope he appeals. I hope he wins his appeal. And um, if you guys think for one second that it's not now on every driver's mind that they can't say anything throughout the week, it is, and it's going to make the sport less interesting. So uh, I'm just saying Denny Hamlin and Ross, Ross Crash Dane's issue at Phoenix was probably more entertaining this week than the actual race was at Atlanta. So um, NASCAR... You really need to think on this and use your heart in your head and and see where we're going. All right, um, all right. Hendrick and Colleg. I'm gonna. I know they're not the same team. I'm kind of gonna group them together because I I have a feeling they got busted for the same thing. I, that's just my assumption. I don't know that. I'm just assuming that, and I could be completely wrong. But they took the same part, so we can assume that it's either somebody. They're both Chevrolet as well, so you can assume that they're doing the same thing. Okay. Um. Chad Knauss made some interesting points at the track this weekend. Um, he did not say what I was hoping he was going to say, which is that we did not modify the part. He did not say that. However, the more that comes out about this thing, I think at a bare minimum they're going to get something out of this appeal. Um, I feel like... Let's start with where, where you know, 
First of all, this penalty happened during a quote-unquote voluntary inspection. I understand the rule book says NASCAR can confiscate parts anytime they're unloaded at the race, yada, 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 yada. I get it. Um, it seems to me that maybe they knew what they were doing and wanted to see what was going to happen about it. You know, we've heard it for years. You guys go back and you listen to these stories these crew chiefs tell on Dale Jr. Download or on some of these shows. You listen to them talk about, like Ray Everham talks about how, yep, now we always put something for them to find so that we could fix it, and then, you know, they wouldn't find the other thing. Well, I I, uh, think that's not what happened here, (laughs) right? Like, I think that... They, you know, they didn't say anything to them during the inspection. The inspection was probably 35 minutes after the garage opened. They, these cars went through. Four hours later, they come back and take the parts off of them. The cars get new parts before they hit the track, yada, 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 whatever. And we go from there. Now, um, NASCAR is going down this road with Hendrick, and they've decided, okay, you guys modified a part. And I never heard I never heard Chad Knauss say they did not modify the part. First of all, I just want to get that out there. So I'm not saying they did not, because I'm sure they did. And until I hear otherwise, I will believe that they did. Um, but what I did hear Chad Knauss say is, well, there's been some communication with NASCAR because, you know, these single suppliers that they're paying to make these parts for these cars, you know, now that we're not allowed to make any of our own parts in-house and have legal cars when we show up to the racetrack, um that these single suppliers are, you know, making parts that aren't the same. And, uh, you know, it's like kind of like if you go to, to Lowe's or Home Depot and you're buying two-by-fours and, um, you know, you got some of them straight and some of them it's not. This carbon fiber stuff, it's the same thing, man. Like, you get some that's straight and some that's not. Now, I, uh, I, these ducks that we're talking about, at a track with downforce, you're talking about a tenth of an inch being, you know, a tenth of a second or more on the racetrack. Like, you're talking about serious, you know, counts of drag and downforce. Like, this is not, <laughs> this is not a joke. Like, this, this is real stuff, right? And it may not always show. It might not have showed at Phoenix, per se, but it could. And I think it's interesting because what I heard Chad Canal say is that, hey, listen, if NASCAR wants to come down to shop and look at the brand new ones we have in the box, we can put a mic on all of them and, you know, we can scan all of them and we can see that they're not all the same. And this is a quality control issue for coming from a single source supplier. We're just trying to make them fit. And uh, it sounds like NASCAR had given these teams some clearance to make these things fit from what I've picked up. And uh, it seems like maybe they were doing that and then maybe pushed it farther than NASCAR was okay with, but NASCAR hadn't specified. And with these teams, you give them an inch, they're taking a mile. It is what it is. That's what they're supposed to do. Tony Stewart once said, if you're not cheating, you're not winning. And, um, you know, working in the gray area is not cheating. Now, here's the problem I have with this penalty. Okay? They were told not to mess with the parts. problem I have with it is it was discovered before race. It was not used in competition. It was taken off the cars. And we still smacked them with a world record penalty. Um, and now we're hearing that the supplier can't issue parts that are all the same. So, I, you know, and this is going to sound extreme, but at some point what will happen with this if they quote-unquote can't quote touch these parts? 
Rick Hendrick will go and say, okay, well, we can't make these parts um, work to our advantage. What we can do is, since you guys can't make them all the same, I'm going to order 100, and I'm going to pick four to use every weekend because I feel like those four help me at the four track, you know, at this track we're going to this weekend. And if you think for a second they won't do it, these guys, listen, these big teams, Joe Gibbs, Roush, Hendrick, Penske, they don't give a damn about how much money this thing costs, man. They don't care. They're just trying to win races, dude. <laughs> They've been spending more money than we've got for years, okay? Like, they don't care. They don't care. You know, this, all this cost-cutting and all this stuff is for quote-unquote parity. But, you know, I don't want to see cars all running the same speed on the racetrack, so I'm not a fan of all this. But anyways, curious to see what happens with the Hendrick appeal. I think their penalties going to be cut back. Also, I didn't, I, I, when I talked about this last week, I didn't have this full understanding how this affects Chase Elliott's situation and all this. I guess he doesn't lose playoff points, but the car loses playoff points because he wasn't the signed-in driver. Um, I also feel like that's something NASCAR is going to have to work on the offseason. Um, and truthfully, I feel like the fair answer should be that, you know, Although Chase Elliott can accumulate driver points being at the track, if there's a penalty because of something that his team did to his car, that should affect him as the driver of said car. Because from how I was understanding it, he is not going to lose driver playoff points. The car will lose driver playoff points, but he would not because he was not the signed-in driver. Which essentially means that if he comes out and wins stages, he's winning positive points, not winning back up to zero. So... Interesting development whenever I, I thought about that after I heard some other people and talking about it. So I've got to, I got to figure all that out, and we'll talk about that more when he comes back. But uh, that's something NASCAR is going to have to look at with the Hendrick penalty. It, it's getting very complicated on this whole injury thing. It honestly makes me start to – I'm a Chase Elliott fan. Anybody that knows me knows that. But I, it does make me question, should he get a waiver? Okay. Given NASCAR's past history, he should get a waiver historically, but should there be a change to that? Maybe. Uh, at a bare minimum, any the problem, the reason I say this is you don't want guys going out and getting hurt and then the team's using it as an opportunity to cheat and see what they can get away with. All right? And that's that's now been opened as an option. Whether anybody's going to say it or not, if, if Chase doesn't get any penalty out of this, obviously he's missing races and he's penalized. But a 10-point playoff penalty is probably worse than him missing. Like, I, if he misses six races, that means he's got to, to to equal out. He would have to miss. He'd have to earn more than one playoff point per race. So, basically, he has to win more than one stage per race. And basically, have to win a race and win, like, four stages or something like that if you want to come out. Or, you know, maybe win two races and that would be six. Two races and four stages. That's 10 points. So, was Chase Elliott going to win two races in four stages? I don't know. Maybe. Honestly, they're pretty quick. But it's weird to me that his car's getting penalized and he's not, especially since that affects the playoffs. So, I want to see exactly how that works out on the math. It's going to be complicated. It's going to suck. So, um, we'll see. These, these penalties... I've realized over the last week, really do not make the sport look good. They make it complicated to the casual fan. 
And some of you that are listening, this is why I put this in the show. Some of you are listening, it's like, okay, this is complicated. I don't want to listen to it. But just know this saga is not over. And we're going to have to visit this later when we have a chance to look at the points and how they reset. But potentially Chase Elliott dodged the death penalty that was handed out by NASCAR to Hendrick Motorsports by being injured. Because the playoff driver points is the, the biggest penalty that was handed out for this cheating, right? Well, they don't have a driver that's gaining points in the car right now, so there's no penalty because he wasn't the on the entry list. Like I, I see why they have to do it that way, but I, I, what I'm saying is, I, as a Chase Elliott fan who will, in theory, gain advantage by this, it don't feel right. Okay, it don't it don't feel right. So we're gonna have to do something about this. But so y'all all think about that. Let me know what you think if you if you want to. It's it's a big deep one, but. You know, should Chase Elliott be allowed to not be penalized because he was hurt, even though his team was basically cheating in his car while he wasn't there? At least that's what they're accusing of right now. Second of all, I'm curious to know, do you think, guys, do you think Hendrick's penalty is going to be lowered on appeal? I'm going to put that on my Twitter poll this week uh, for you guys to fill out. Let me know. We'll try to discuss it on the preview show for next weekend for Coda. Because I am curious about that as well. So, um, other than that, don't have a lot of news stuff for you guys um, that I want to talk about. Uh, we're going to maybe look in some of these messages here and see if we can call something about those. But um, I was going to let you guys know, uh, my we're no longer on Anchor. Anchor has now been purchased by Spotify, so it's now called... Spotify for podcasters.com slash pod slash crazy Casper Media. That's my new link. If you would like to find it there, if you'd like to leave me a message, that's where you can find me. Spotify for podcasters.com slash pod slash crazy Casper Media. It is linked on my Twitter, it is linked on my Facebook. And uh, if you guys can find it in the show notes as well for the podcast, I'll try to have it there this week as I update. And, um, if you guys like to leave a message, you can do that there. I'm going to go through and play you a few messages from one of my buddies. Uh, we're going to give him a him a break. We're going to play all his messages, I, I think. Um, but uh, in the future, guys, let's try to leave these. I think it lets you record one minute. So you know, kind of have it laid out, make it quick, and uh, we'll do some quick hitters on them. And I'd like, to, I'd like to play them and comment back and let you guys know what I think. Kind of just have fun with it. So, uh, but... Uh, we will take a quick break, and we'll come back with some of those things. What's going on, Casper? Just calling in on the show. Uh, great show. It's always great to listen to. Um, you know, keep them going. Um, just calling in about uh, Atlanta. A little, little, I watched every lap of it, so I was just going to give you my opinion. Um, first off with the weather, nice sunny day. It looked chilly, but I thought it was a decent turnout crowd-wise for Atlanta. I've seen better. I've seen worse. Um, uh, my opinion on the change of the track and all the different rules they've came out with. I thought it was a decent race. I've seen better. And I've seen worse races there. Um, I've got my opinion on the on the repave and all that, and I'm sure you do, and I'm sure everybody else does. Me, that's all right. That's part of the sport. Um, but I watched every lap, and I will give you my opinion on it. I thought the first half of the race, or the first part of the race, was Kind of single file, and then and it was the new Atlanta with a lot of drafting and pushing and shoving and bump drafting and kind of lined up, uh, which is fine with me as a fan. 
I don't drive the cars. I don't work on the cars. I just, I just watch on TV. And um, all in all, decent first half uh, with the change of the pit road cone. We got to commit to the cone way down the back straight away. And I figured that might be tricky. Um, I'm a big fan of Ryan Blaney. And, uh, well, he got caught by the speeding police. So it kind of put him behind the mid-race or so. And, well, he... Ended up bouncing back, which is fine, but uh, not a real big fan of that rule. But it's kind of part of it, and that's how it goes. Then there was two, two big cautions at least. Um, felt bad for Larson; he got caught up in another mess there with the ten car. I had a flat. I wouldn't have expected a flat tire in Atlanta, but tire, tire problems happen everywhere, I guess. Um, so he got tangled up, and that was a big hit. That's one drive that takes a lot of big hits. It seems like. This year, last year, man, he just he gets turned in the wall hard. It seems like almost every week, you know, if it's not up front. But um, then Ross Chastain, I'm a, I'm a Ross guy. Um, you know, he's gonna do it his way, and he just took the air off of Harvick's bumper, I guess, and turned him around in front of the field. It was a big wreck. That's a lot of more big wrecks that land now with the new repave and all these new rules. But uh, I'm just a fan. I just I just watch. I don't, I don't drive the cars. I don't work on the cars. So, Rex is just part of sport. And then it got pretty good. They're about 50 to go, give or take. Um, if I got bunched up, they were, uh, you know, pushing each other, bump drafting, all that good stuff. And uh, it turned into the Team Penske versus Brad Kay. Um, Blaney, Sendrick, and Logano all stuck together well and put up a fight against Brad Kay. But um, they didn't play nice, I didn't think, in my opinion. Um, you know, Brad said, that's right. That's how you want to play. I'll play this way. And, uh, Brad stayed up front for the lead, almost well, that last good chunk of the race when Team Pinsky went to the back, but ultimately Team Pinsky drivers came to the front. But, uh, I thought it was a little interesting. They didn't play nice, but yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, they all got to try to win the race. They can't all play nice with each other all the time, but ultimately it was a good ending to the race. Well, to wrap things up, I thought it was good to see Ford and Team Penske win. Good to see Joey win, I guess. You know, I don't got a problem with him. He's he's a good racer and he's aggressive, and he got the win. And uh, he didn't, you know, you know, he kind of knew what to do late to to get by by Brad to win. So, looking forward to next week. Looking forward to Coda. Can't wait for these tracks I get to go to in person. Talladega, dirt on Bristol, Bulls Gap got rescheduled. So we're looking looking forward to that. Looking forward to the podcast as we get into the dirt racing and NASCAR in the next few weeks. Can't wait to hear what, what you got to say about this one, this race at Atlanta, and then the ones coming. So thanks for taking the time. Well, you let me call in, and maybe I'll be a, a co-host at some point. But uh, looking forward to your opinion, and it's time to go racing. Hey, buddy. Old Casper. Just wanted to say, hey, it's your buddy and your Twitter rival, old Big Drewski here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Just wanted to say, love the stuff. Thanks for the shout-out. Also, I want to let it be known, I'm 1-0 on the season, baby. I took a 15-year hiatus. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes, I came out. I'm undefeated. I tried to tell yuns. Marty Truex Jr., baby. He's going all the way. Can't stop him. 
Can't touch him. You can only hope to contain him, baby. Other than that, love the show. Keep doing what you're doing, buddy. I look forward to our Twitter Twitter rivals. Um, yep, love your stuff. And always, go Falls! All right, guys. Like I said, I appreciate all the messages from all my buddies out there. Uh, anybody wants to leave us a message, I know there's a few of you that listen to this thing. and you're, I know y'all are going to leave messages. You know who you are. But um, anyways, feel free to do that. Like I said, that's going to be at Spotify. Doc. Spotify for podcasters.com slash pod slash crazy casper media. That's where you can find a link to leave a message. Click the button there. This link is also in my Twitter bio, my Facebook bio, and uh, in the show notes as well. So please feel free to leave a message here at the Caution Flag Contemplations. I appreciate my buddies for calling in. Uh, you know, I, old Dan Dan might have to give us the wrap up, man. He might have to give us a weekly wrap up. I, I think we might have to talk about that this weekend. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, other than that, quick shout out to my buddy Big Drew. He left me a message too a long time ago. Apparently, I, I'm just an idiot, never saw it, but I'm playing it now. But I did want to let you guys know he is uh, he was one one and zero on picking winners, and then he just quit because uh, he's trying to quit while he's ahead. Which first time for him to do that? So good job, Drew. Uh, big Drew on that, and uh, <laughs> appreciate you, man. Thanks for always letting me hang out on the Little Tangerine Show. You know, that's how I like to live my Saturday nights, guys. If you didn't know, always you can you can scroll in, and you know I try to get on the Little Tangerine Show with my buddy Big Drew whenever I can. He uh, he lets me come over and act a fool on his shows. So um, thank you guys for listening. Leave me a message. Leave me a comment. Interact on my poll this week that I'm going to have. Uh, I want to know, should the Hendrick Motorsports penalties be reduced? And I want to know, should Denny Hamlin's penalties be reduced? We're going to do both. We're going to pull both of them and see what you guys say. Uh, other than that, we will be back with a preview show for Coda. Um, You know, I'm pretty pumped about Coda. I love a good road course. Uh, I'll definitely be wanting to check out the weather, see if it's going to rain. Um, I want you guys to know, again, I'm depressed, as uh, my buddy Dan Dan mentioned there in his message. Uh, we were going to Bulls Gap this weekend for 100000 to win a super late model race that has been postponed until April. So if you guys notice, there's no Dirty Talk section on this episode because my heart is still broken uh, from the World of Outlaws rescheduling. Slash can- Actually, they rescheduled. This trip canceled. Um, I Smoky Mountain and Boyd's. And then, uh, like I said, we were raring to go to uh, Bulls Gap this week. Great facility. We finally made it up there last year. Well, I finally made it up there last year for the first time. And love the track. I was really looking forward to going back again. And uh, we've been we've been postponed. So, uh, anyways, thank you all for listening. Be sure to give us clicks, likes, all that good stuff it's gonna play at the end you know but uh thank you guys for listening to the show i really appreciate it and uh like i said if you guys ever got anything you want me to cover leave me a message shoot me a message on twitter tweet me live i don't care you do what you gotta do thank y'all for listening y'all have a good week we will see you for a preview about coda just as a reminder please give the show five stars give it a review wherever you're listening at uh, we are now found on apple podcast google podcast stitcher as well as spotify um, if you can please leave us any comments reviews that you can 
Uh, get in touch with us at our social. That'll be on Twitter at C Contemplations. That'll be on Facebook at Content Flag Contemplations Podcast. On TikTok at Casper943. Please give us a follow. Please give us a shout. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns about the show, that's where you can reach me. Thanks.